All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of What Cast the Boombastic Cast. How's everybody doing out there? Importantly, most importantly, how's Alex Hawk doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know what I mean? Uh, we're, we're balls deep up in this flag and uh, stepping away to do a little boombastic casting, which is a beautiful thing. It's always a good thing to do. The cast. The cast. You know what I mean? So uh, we're trying to think of a theme. We said, what haven't we done in a while? And Alex Huck says, well, we ain't done that five for five in a little bit. So I said, you know what? You're right. Let's do a five for five review show, you know? It's been because it's been so long. I got a few. I probably have more than five, but we won't tell anybody. But it's all for the greater good of y'all folks out there. I have a reoccurring theme a little bit in mind, as I know Alex does too. You know what I mean? I do. I didn't know I did. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to keep it, uh, you know, cinematic and dramatic and all that great stuff. Ooh, cinematic, dramatic. I like that. No. I like it. No, oh, I know you would. I know you would. Um, but yeah, so all's well with the Hawkman, you know what I mean? Heck yeah. Alright, cool. It's, uh, you know, the season. It's the season of, uh, greetings and, uh, we're getting into a good time. Thankful times. You know what I mean? Um, in case you haven't known, I believe the cast, I haven't talked about a Fugo, but I believe the Boombastic cast has been brought down to once a month now, I think. I honestly don't know. I, I gotta talk to Buddy Buttafugo about it, but I think the show, might be one month. I don't know if it's still at two, two, uh, two a month. Just when, just during the shoot, because your boys are very busy over here. You know what I mean? But, uh, we'll be bringing you back some boombastic goodness soon. And the holiday specials are right around the corner. So we're getting them ready for y'all too. So Alex, I guess without further ado, let's pop into the review. You know what I mean? Okay. You want to start first or? Sure. Why not? Um, how about we start with uh, books? Okay. Books. All right. Cool. Cool. Now, um, I was uh, I I got uh, as a gift uh, this compilation mm. of Penny Dreadfuls. Like now, Penny Dreadfuls were kind of the uh, um, the name of of the type of of little stories that came out during. Um, uh, you know, during during the time of of Jack the Ripper and all that, the morbid little stories that you know in, enticed uh, the uh, uh, local establishment, so to speak. This yeah. one, okay, has one, two, three, four. Has five five film uh, five stories in here. I do have to admit, I've only read three of them, um, and I'll talk about those. Uh, but the, uh, five, uh, five stories they have is The String of Pearls, or most commonly known, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Also, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and The Diary of a Madman, and Lost in a Pyramid, or the Mummy's Curse. I think all these are, are great, uh, great stories, especially uh, for the time that we're currently in, the Halloween season. And um, just a uh, quick, I mean, uh, the three stories I, I, I read, uh, of course, is the Sweeney Todd, Frankenstein, 
and the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, we've all, we've all seen the movie adaptations. Mm-hmm. You've seen, uh, musicals based on these stories. You've seen just regular straight plays based on these stories. And, and of course, the real question is how yeah. do they differ from the source material? Well, I mean, for example, with uh, Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus, that you have when 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 you watch a lot of the Frankenstein movies, it always focuses on you know Frankenstein the monster. Usually, you have you know the character of Igor, but the funny thing is, the character of Igor was not in the original uh, original story. And the original story is you have Frankenstein, that is the scientist, not the monster, who creates this monster. And, of course, he's so repulsed by what he's created. And you have, and you have this creature that, you know, he didn't ask to be created. And he's, you know, been brought to life. And, of course, he's trying to figure out uh, what's going on. And uh, you also have a, a sub-story where you have Victor von Frankenstein who's also in love with this woman and he's about to marry her. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, you have the monster that he has created and now has been shunned by his creator. And, uh, of course, uh, everyone fears him just by how he looks. And another interesting thing is in the book, uh, in, in the movies, they always portray him as, you know, hulking, you know, brute of yeah. a creature. But in, in the original story, he's actually quite intelligent, okay, for the most part. And right. he's able to learn what's going on. And by the end of the, uh, the story, he's actually, uh, you know, uh, like I said, in, in, quite intelligent. Um, but one of the things that, uh, the monster decides to do mm. is to uh, kind of uh, exact revenge on his creator, on the god that created him. He kills the woman he's about to marry. And there's a point where the monster decides to just, you know, after doing that, goes out and, and, and the... Uh, Scientist Frankenstein, you know, follows him out into the Arctic, and and they confront each other. And mm-hmm. it's it's and 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 the thing that I love about the story most of all is the fact that it really deals with the idea of man, uh, man creating becoming their own god by creating another. In this case. Frankenstein, another creation. Yeah. Which I think kind of ties into the society we are now where you have people who are, you know, creating AIs, you know, trying to, and, and that's the problem that we have to uh, actually now consider as a possibility of if we go as far to actually create a sentient thing, you know, like AI that can actually, you know, you know, become sentient, uh, then we have to worry about us becoming the villain of the piece. 
and mm. our creation, re- creation, uh, revolting on us. Um, as a- anyone knows, it was written by Mary Shelley. Uh, Mary Shelley actually wrote this on a bet, uh, because, uh, she was told that a woman could not write, uh, a, 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 a good horror story. Women were not able to do stuff like that. And, uh, and she is the mother of science fiction because Frankenstein is literally the first science fiction, uh, story ever written. Yeah. And, um, I definitely say you should always, uh, go and read the original, uh, text that it's based on. Again, I haven't read this in, in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting seeing how the original concept and how it's been, you know, played with and changed throughout the years. Um, also I'm going to just, uh, jump over to, uh, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde briefly. The thing is about this story is that today we all know that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is the same person and is dealing with the duality of people, okay? Mm -hmm. But the way it's written by Robert Louis Stevenson is you do not know that they're two different people. I mean, it was, I would say in the same effect as everyone knows, like, Luke, I'm your father from Star Wars, okay? Before that happened... No one had no any idea of that, and when it did, it was such a big monumental you know, thing in the movie because you know you're like, oh my god! And in strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, the revelation that this is two people in the same person, mm. and you also have to realize when this book came out. They didn't deal with a lot of the ideas of mental illness or, you know, they, they, at that time, if they thought someone was mental ill, they threw them in a loony bin and they forgot about it. Yeah. And this was the first book, I believe, where they actually really delved into, um, the idea of one person dealing with two personalities that are war at each other. So it was very, uh, very big and important at the time. And, uh, I definitely recommend reading it because you read it, you think it's just these two different people that you don't know their connection, you don't know why they deal with each other, and then at the end you realize that this is one person. And that was a, a big, you know, um, plot, a uh, big, uh, Big horror. thing at the time, yes. yeah, revolution, yeah. Uh, well, it's you know horror classic, you know. What horror. better time? I every now if when I get the time, I do like to dip in, especially around the holidays, to go read in some. Um, and Mary Shelley, uh, classic. She also there was another one. There was another gigantic uh, character she had under her belt. Frankenstein, maybe Dracul. She didn't. No. She create, no, 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 uh, no, uh, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker, uh. Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker is the porn actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I lost my yeah, mind he... for a second. I have a and, book, and... Where, yeah. My book has both in them, so I got my mind twisted for a second. Uh, but I do have to say, um, since Matt did bring up Bram, uh, Stoker, 
yeah. uh, Dracula. Um, he also is the first person who wrote a book in the, in the style of journal entries. Mm. Because if you read the original, I think it's, um, I forget from whose point of view it is. Uh, or whether it jumps back and forth, but if I remember correctly, the book itself actually was, you know, written out as if you're reading someone's journal about these events that unfolded. He was the first. He was ahead of his time. He was the first ever blogger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm ashamed of myself for that Mary Shelley Dracul comment. It's right there in the t- every time you see Dracul. Bram Stoker's Dracul right there. Yeah, I forgot. I have, a, I have a book, and I think it's Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, the Mummy or something might also be in the mix, but it's a good deal. Yeah. What better time than now that, you know, we're in the fall season. Halloween's right around the corner. What a better time, you know, to crack it open. What a great pick, Hawk, man. Great fucking pick, yeah. brah. Hey. Great pick, brah. Yeah. Great pick. Um, one of my picks... I kind of there. Two, I have uh, a couple of things to show the world real quick. Now, the first one I want to say uh, popped into my head. Never read it before. This is the newest thing I've kind of read. Um, our boy Kevin Eastman was uh, on the show, and I don't think we got into it because I wasn't really hip to it yet. But after having him on the show and diving deeper, uh, I had to pick up the last Ronin. You know what I mean? Graphic novel. It's a continuation of like the turtle story. Um, yeah, it was very cool. Very, the, 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 you know, the art was, was very cool. The story was wild too, you know, very post apocalyptic. I remember years ago, me and Mikey Calvin, the dude who shot DJ Stan the Man, we had an idea for a film that was like a post apocalyptic type deal where it, uh, would follow Raphael around. But, um, this is different. This is different. I really like. I don't want to go too, in too crazy into it. There's some certain things. If you give away, it might it might bum out the 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 fact if you go in the the distance on it. And I definitely think people the last Ronin. If you don't like, even if you don't like graphic novels, it's good to if you love the turtles, man. It's good to like get a final chapter, so to speak, on it. You know what I mean? The turtles never die, of course, but uh, it was the way to go. It was cool. Uh, I know Alex will be reading it. We'll probably do a little like follow up ski. On uh, follow-ups going there right there. Also, of course, you know we're in the middle of uh, our new film. There's a lot of stuff in the woods. Usually, when I we shoot a new project, I usually like to get something to kind of commemorate uh, the start of shooting. So what I did was keeping up with the, kind of the swampy vibe of the film. I went out and I grabbed this um, a Swamp Thing book. You know, this is uh, the first. I don't know. It's a good chunk of uh, the first couple comics. I always loved the Swamp Thing comics. Um, you know, I didn't own any of them, but like go seeing them and flipping through them and stuff, and was always good and seeing the artwork. I like the artwork. I really dig the greens. I really like the color a lot. You know, and uh, there's something, but he there's a, there's a dark vibe to Swamp Thing. He's almost the Eeyore of the superheroes. You know what I mean? And, uh, hell yeah, that was, that was it. So that's, I'm digging my way through that now. Uh, that's good times. And then the last book I want to bring up, uh, member of the Boombastic family, 
You know what I mean? The gentleman has a show on the network. Brad Oates, the great Brad Oates, his new book, Meaning Less, came out. So, you know, Edgar's Worst Day was the first one. We had him on the show. Great dude. I haven't read uh, Meaningless yet, but I'm looking forward to dipping into it. I read the previous book, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, dark comedy type stuff. Good stuff. You know, would dig it. I'm looking to get a, a film with a starring Alexander Hawk off the ground, of course, much like everything, you know. But yeah, so check that out. Get it on the Amazon. But those are my book, my book picks. You know what I mean? So, hell yeah. So, what do we got up next, Bubba Gumski? Well, uh, next, how about album? Album, musical stuff. All right, you want to go first or Matt? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Now, uh, as, as Matt has talked about, we are currently in the middle of working on a film project. And, uh, we have, of course, uh, been able to bring different people from all walks of life to be a part of this. And we were able and lucky to have insane Shane McCain oh. come in as I mean, if you watch some of our specials and other episodes on different, you know, um, you know, our shows we have on the network, you have heard and listened to uh, insane Shane and he's playing a role in our film. But he's, he himself is also a musical, uh, guy himself who has a film album, Cockadoodle Jew. About Cockadoodle Jew. That is a, the real name of it. So Alex does not get canceled out. That's the name of the album. Yeah. Uh, Shane McCain's The Man first album is I Put the Ho in the Ho Down. Second album, Big Swing and Hick. And that was the third album. And, uh, I've known Shane going way back when he's been, he, he was in my very first feature length film of all time, stupid man, catch it on the Patreon streaming now, if you want to check it out. Um, and I met him, you know, we, you, you might've heard the story before how I met him. I've said it numerous times. He was moving. I was pumping gas, left the door open. I told him it was open. He was going to give me a little something, something. I thought he was going to give me some cash moolah. He gave me a CD. And now the rest was history. But Shane's, uh, the music's a lot of fun. He's, it's like mixing. You took a blender and you took country, you took rap and you took comedy and you blended that up into a smoothie and you drank it down. You probably have to put some alcohol in there too. You know, there should be some alcohol and some marijuana leaves in there, probably even some cocaine residue power, you knowing Shane McCain's. Um, and it's about to get blended all up and you drink it down and that's good stuff, you know. He's got the three albums are out in CD uh, hard format, you know, for all the people like the physical media out there. And it is it's streaming. I believe he's on Spotify and iTunes and all that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, also on YouTube, you can type it in and listen to uh, his entire album. Um, my favorites have to be uh, She Got a Box Fuller. Uh, a box full of tracks. <laughs> almost did a music video for that. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is hilarious. It is honestly my favorite song that he's done. Um the next one that I also enjoyed was um I'm hitting bottom, drinking top shelf. That's right. That's another good one. Uh both songs are really funny. I mean if if you wanna listen to something that you don't care is uh well politically incorrect and is going for the you know uh, you know, the country, the rap, and also 
a lot of uh, comedy because he's a funny guy. He really is, and yeah. he puts out good stuff. It's a lot of fun. I when, mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say when he he pitched him when he handed me the CD and he pitched it to me of what it was. I was like very skeptical. So I was like, uh, like the pitch of that, I was like, I don't know. And at the time I was shooting a lot of like hip, hip hop shows, uh, around like the Boston area. And uh, I was just kind of used to getting, you know, people giving me some CDs and stuff that they made, you know, in their closet or something like that with the production quality, not that great. You know what I mean? And I remember when I put that CD in there, it was like, it's like, yeah, he had some real money. He had a record. He had a label behind him. Uh, Cockfight Records, I believe, was his label. But there was actually, you know, the money went into the product, and you could tell, and he's a super talented dude. So whenever you get, you know, the money and the message, you're good. And uh, definitely, you like comedy, you like country rap, or you like any, you know, mash it up, dude. Doing St. Jane McCain and Big. And I uh, catch him in the new film from Boombastic Films, you know what I mean? Most importantly, of course. And you'll probably be seeing him soon on a holiday special. All right. Um, well, keeping in with the comedy aspect of it, you know, I, I had to take a trip down memory lane. These are some albums I haven't listened to since I, that, you know, I hate to say it since probably I was in my early 20s, maybe mid 20s. Um, you know, I'm 23 right now, so it's not too long ago. But, you know, I think anybody from our age group can probably appreciate these when they came into the mix. And that is the Jerky Boys. You know what I mean? Uh, I believe the 30th anniversary popped off. They just did. They just celebrated, uh, which is very cool. You got the joint, the first album and the second album are probably my favorites. The second one is one of those ones when you say, name a sequel that's better than the first. I'd say, by golly, Jerky Boys 2 might just be that. You know what I mean? Might just be that indeed. Um, what else do we got here? I got some vinyl stuff picking off too. You know, as much as I, I, I wanted to kind of not be, in his corner because, uh, you know, Neil Young be hating on Rogan, just uh, just trying to speak his mind or whatever, I think's kind of lame, you know, whenever you're kind of trying to act like that. But you can't, but you can't hate on the Harvest album by Neil Young, you know what I mean? I've been thumping out to it, and it's incredible. It's a great folk music, you know, so if you don't get down with it, I don't know, I should still dip it in because I think it's still pretty fun. You know, it's something I could definitely see the Hawkman turning and i could even see your roommates probably get down with this i bet um you know what i mean i know that i know they like that type of shit um and it you know i but that's probably the most rotated album recently was probably that i've been getting some heavy rotation on this album too uh the danger mouse and black thought album you know what i mean cheat codes doing it big very cool very cool album, you know what I mean? Philadelphia rapper Danger Mouse, I believe, is from England. Danger Mouse is kind of known for doing um, Danger. I know him mainly for Danger Doom, which is a collaboration project he did with MF Doom. Uh, yeah, so that was my deal. And I didn't want to say this, too. I was digging through my records, and I said, you know what? This is such a cool record that I got to at least show it. And it, it's for a single. I think it's two tracks on here. But uh, the great Dr. Octagon, because I love Dr. Octagon. Cool Keith's the man. Uh, we've been in contact before, hoping to do something together in the future, uh, mash something up. But, you know, look at that. How cool is that? You know what I mean? 
It's the uh, for anybody out there listening and not watching, you need to get on the Patreon at Boombastic Patreon, uh, Boombastic Streaming at Patreon.com. And uh, you get the video of this. But look at that beautiful record. So the actual record is just the dude, and then the background is um, the picture. You know what I mean? So, Alex, I'll move it out for you a little bit. So you see, that, that's that's the record. Ain't that kind of cool? That's yeah, kinda, that looks awesome, dude. That's kind of cool. And uh, that's Alexander Hunt. So he's our boy. So that's my uh, music. So while I'm putting this away, Alexander, what do you want to pop into next over there, Bubba? How about we uh, hit movie? Oh, movies are good. Movies. movies. Are good. You, you want me to go first on this one? Um, I'll, I'll go. White, white break protocol. I'll, 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 go, I'll go first on this. Uh, I'm with you. First, um, I grabbed a DVD from my uh, collection. Yes. Virtuosity. Ooh, I love virtuosity. Yeah. Now, uh, virtuosity is 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 a fun film. Uh, it stars the one and only Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Uh, both of them, uh, Denzel, in it, it, uh, I would say more of his heyday. I would say Russell Crowe was, you know, getting known, but he hadn't, you know, uh, it was before Gladiator and all that. So before he really blew up. Yeah, and um, Virtuosity is is an interesting film uh, where it uh, deals with the idea again, as we were talking about earlier, artificial intelligence. In this in this reality, they decide what's the best way to train cops. You know, let's create a um, artificial serial killer and see if they can outwit. And take them out, all in the safety of this, you know, virtual reality. And of course, in typical, almost again Frankenstein type story, the monster gets out of the box and causes mayhem. And you got, you know, so many great actors in this. You've got Costas Mandalore, which I had the honor of working with on the film Bloodthirst, and also Chris Waters. Uh, you got uh, Louise Fletcher, no, uh, best known as Nurse Ratchet, sees in it. Um, uh, the actor who played Benny in the Mummy, he he's in this film as well. Um, and uh, and William Forsythe, a lot of great talented actors, and and comparing it from when it came out to now, you can argue that the special effects is quite dated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, heck, it was like in the nineties, I believe, when it came out. Mm-hmm. So that was back before you were a hater. Yeah, <laughs> like nineteen ninety five. So, so you can, I mean, you can argue about that, but for the most part, even now, especially with going with the artificial intelligence that people are pushing now, uh, I think it's even more relevant. Than it was back in 1995. Yeah, I mean it's it's scary when you sit down and you think about all the films that have dealt with the idea of artificial intelligence creating that and then it running amok, and and you still have people pushing and trying to push this idea because those in charge are thinking, well, if we get you know artificial intelligence to do all this. Uh, these jobs that we have minimal, uh, you know, 
we can start making the workforce even smaller and bigger profits. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the farther you go down that rabbit hole, the farther that, you know, something like this might become a possibility. You never know. You gotta be careful, yeah. Now, um, I have to admit, I haven't been to the theaters in a while, oh, but I, 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 I just want to comment real quick, if I may. Yeah. That Virtuosity is a fucking incredible movie, and I remember renting that the week it came out and just being floored by how, well, what's his name? Um, Russell, um, Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe, dude, was the fucking man in that, dude. Like, oh, yeah. He was so cool. That that was quite probably the coolest role of his career. Denzel was the man, too. Very cool flick. Very cool flick. Right. Continue, good sir. Continue. But uh, going back with what I was saying, I mean, I haven't been to the theaters for a while, but I did I did go out and venture into Jordan's IMAX recently. Mm-hmm. And when I say recently, the last three or four months. Um, and mm-hmm. I got to saw Oppenheimer. With Cillian Murphy, Matt Damon, and and Robert Downey Jr. And uh, I gotta say, it's it's very well done, especially yeah. if it's it's one of those movies that yeah you can watch it on the small screen, but to get a full effect of everything, you kind of needed that surround sound, you know, kind of being immersed, which the Jordan's furniture experience really helped. Mm. Um. And it was interesting because it focused on a part of Oppenheimer's life that I didn't know anything about. I mean, we all knew that he, he helped create the atomic bomb and all that, but I didn't know about a lot of the political intrigue after that, which focused mainly on Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, role. Um and again, uh, everyone did a great job. Uh, uh, Cillian Murphy is such a phenomenal actor. And him as Oppenheimer just, you know, yeah, was, again, like I said, phenomenal. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, 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 uh, the, uh, special effects, the, and, and they used the special effects well. I mean, I, you've always heard me complain about, you know, people going with, uh, uh, you know, uh, CGI and all of that instead of practical effects. But something like this, you, you need the CGI. But yeah. it was done sparingly and to great effect, which yeah. I appreciated. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the fact is CGI is good and useful if it's done well. I think CGI is always better for more of, the scene stuff, you know, the background and all that, over than, you know, trying to create, you know, someone else or something else that's supposed to be alive and running through. But, uh, yeah, I definitely say Oppenheimer was a great film. I checked it out. I loved it, too. You know, to go with the effects, I was kind of hoping that we were going to see, like, a big, what it was like, like get the vibe. You know, I, we, I paid a little extra loot to get the fucking... That big surround deal, you know, because I was hoping, look at this, I just had a bomb just went off in here and moved my camera. But uh, very cool flick. I understand why they didn't show. I think the most graphic kind of thing they showed as far as, like, effects was uh, they showed a girl with, like, her the skin kind of blow off her face. And 
you know, it was done out of respect for the people that had to live it and die it, you know what I mean? So I understand why, but I was kind of hoping to get more, like I was hoping to have a nice shot of like what it would have looked like if you were like looking across the park when the fucking thing came at you. But I mean, you, you don't, yeah, you want to be tasteful with that stuff. You don't want to offend people. Um, I guess you're making a big Hollywood movie like that. You don't want to, you don't want to risk not getting the Academy Award because I probably, it's probably a good, it's looking like that's a good contender for Academy Award, you know, for Nolan, director, best picture, silly and best actor. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really cool. You know what I mean? Did you already do your DVD? Yeah. 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 That was virtuosity. Oh yeah, good flick, good flick, dude. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So my flick is, um, you know, I kind of had a couple. I'll start with my theatrical. Is um, I seen Dumb Money, you know, recently with Paul. Oh, how was that? I haven't seen it yet. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. I didn't realize that it was shot. It it, it was about well, it was about a dude who lives kind of local over my way, which was kind of cool. Cause that's always fun when you see that in the Hollywood films. But yeah, I think everybody was great at it. Uh, Seth Rogen um, was fantastic in it. You know what I mean? A whole bunch of actors, you know, the faces, you know what I mean? Um, kind of comedy. It's kind of in like, um, in the sense of like, uh, almost like the big year, like those biopics are big, becoming a big thing. Uh, what's his name? The dude, jo- jo- Jonah. Jonah the- Hill. No, Jonah Hill. There's a dude that works with Will Ferrell a lot, but he's a director. He was, um, he, he got, got an Academy Award a couple of years ago. He made like political dark comedy movie. Mm. He might be, he might be the dude who made Don't Look Up. I think he might have been the dude who made Don't Did It, but it kind of had that vibe. It had that, it definitely had that vibe. Like this was almost supposed to be one of that dude's films in a way, but I liked that. That was really cool. The casting was great. I brought my uncle who's like, who dabbles in like the stock marketing stuff, nothing big, but like it's a little hobby for him. So whenever I can get him out to a flick, I try to, and I, you know, he liked it. You know, it was a good deal. He, 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 there was, he, he, he used to use the Robin Hood thing and Robin Hood was like, uh, they were in the film. So that was kind of funny for him to kind of see the inner workings. Um, but it was cool. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of cool fun, man. You know what I mean? Next up, I'd have to say, cause it is the holiday season. You know, the last two flicks that I watched, let me just make sure here. Yeah, that's what it was. I wanted to bring up Blu-ray. Um, I checked out Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. I actually checked out two movies. I did a double feature from Redbox like a week or two ago, and I did The, the Whale, and I did Clerks 3. And I love Kevin Smith, man, but that, by golly, dude, Clerks 2 so good. Clerks 3 was like, ugh. And, like, I don't know what the dealio is. I don't know what it is. But I remember we went to go see Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot. That was the well, that was so fun. With When you're with an audience of Kevin Smith fans and Kevin Smith, it's fucking the greatest thing of all time. But when you're watching it by, you know, by your lonesome on a fucking 7 p.m. weeknight, it's not that, it's not it's fantastic. You know what I mean? Um, but the whale... You know, the wheel I thought was fucking incredible. And it may be because I've been a heavier dude, you know what I mean, in my life. I think anybody who's been a heavier dude can kind of get touched a little bit deeper, get a little deeper on it. 
Um, but I also, uh, it's also a really good film. You know what I mean? It's got emotional ties to it. Aronofsky is great, dude. Like I said, he's, this is another one of those situations where it's a really small movie. When, when you take it in the scope of location and cast, you know, it's a really small movie, but it has a big heart. Maybe too big. Maybe that's, you know, um, but I thought it was really good. And, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was pretty fucking, I didn't cry or anything, but you could feel that you could probably do some tears. Look out, we're down the street. They were in the trolley down the street. They were going to be passing by the house anytime now. But uh, it was good. And Aronofsky, I think, is, I love that dude as a filmmaker because he goes so, like, that mother movie was so fucking, like, weird and, like, far out, like, far out there. For a Hollywood film, I feel like he's one of the only, you know, he's a, he's a breath of fresh air in the sense of, like, you kind of don't know what to expect, you know. You know, you go see a Tarantino movie, who I love Tarantino, and I go to every single movie, but, like, you know kind of exactly what you're getting into with a Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? And that's why you're paying for the ticket. With Aronofsky, you're, like, paying for the ticket because you don't know what to expect, but you've got a good feeling you're going to like it. You know what I mean? But I thought The Will was great, and I was curious of your opinion of The Will. I also watched The Will at a weird time um, where there was somebody there was somebody in my in my in my in in, in the circle uh so to speak that was kind of going through the same exact type of thing and i thought it was a wild deal um i just thought it was really weird you know how we used to be we used to you know you know owen our boy owen yeah yeah i there was a vibe of owen's girl and her father like the issue they have i thought was in there pretty heavy i got that vibe of it um, the Bobby Nick story type deal, you know, <laughs> that, that caught that heavy. I was catching that heavy. Hello to everybody. Bobby Nick, if you listen, what up, Bubba? Um, but yeah, the will was a good time, Doogie. It was good times, artistically great. And like, you don't expect it to be that good because you go, okay, the will. Oh, they're going to try and do a dramatic movie about a big fat fucking lazy dude that doesn't want to help himself or anything. And you go, and you, you, it kind of, it's still kind of get you, you know, and it's still kind of like, that's how good it was, I feel. But, uh, since it is the Halloween season, Halloween season, rather, I've been, um, I've been dipping into some spooky-tacular stuff. Um, with that being said, spooky-tacular, uh, spookies, of course, you know, um, you know, this is a movie that, you know, there's a great episode of the Boombasticast, I'm told, with Frank Farrell, uh, producer of the, of Spookies. We're going to be getting him back on the show soon. Um, talking about you know, all the troubles. You know, you talk about, you know, as indie filmmakers, we talk about troubles. We come, you know, you come into and all these issues and it's like, it's all, they dealt with all that stuff magnified and, uh, the film, like, it could get a little confusing that, you know, they finally have a definitive cutout, I think. But Spookies is such a fun movie. And this is a movie I think threw some trauma on me as a kid. This is one of those movies that I've seen as a kid. <clears throat> or rather, I've seen pieces of as a kid. Toxic Avenger has the same thing. Where I've seen pieces of a kid as a kid and I fucking... They stuck, those moments stuck in my head forever. And I didn't know the name of the movie, but I knew scenes. And when I rewatched it later in life... I was like, oh, that's what that was. Same thing like Toxic Avenger. There's like parts of, uh, with some, there's some really great makeups in this movie. It's such a cre creepy vibe. If anybody's never seen Spookies, I believe it's cheap. 
it's actually goes up and down on Amazon quite often. I've noticed it's gone and you, you can see it for like 21 bucks or all the way to like 35 bucks. So like, I guess catch it at the right time and grab it. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put it out there. Cool company. Used to always talk with those dudes and see them at the convention ends when they came around like rock and shock and shit. Um, that's always a good company to put your money into. And then also, I gotta say, man, I'm really becoming, this is a Studio 666, dude. I don't know if it's because BJ is such a cool dude or what it is, but I don't know, man. I've been digging. I've been, I've been catching up on that too, watching that. Whenever, you know, whenever there's nothing going down, I'll flop that on just for like background stuff. You know what I mean? It's a good vibe and for sure. But yeah, Studio 666 in the building. I know Alex can't watch it. He's watched it so many times. <laughs> He burnt his coffee up. He burnt his coffee on up. But, so those are my picks for flicks. You know what I mean? What do we have next? Okay. We got... Uh, next we got uh, video games. So with vid games, um, I've still been playing some Heavy Shredder's Revenge. Um, I beat it. But I've been going playing more. I haven't beat a game in fucking a long time. I haven't beat a game since I was like preteen, probably. I know because I just don't have the time. <laughs> but the Shredder's Revenge, I oh, actually I can't say that because the Ghostbusters game I beat that that and Shredder, Shredder's Revenge. But um, Evil Dead, I've been tapping into the Evil Dead. I'm always a little late with things, but so I've been tapping more into the Evil Dead lately. I know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre just came out. I do plan on picking that up uh, once I get some time with the shoot. I haven't really been able to kind of pop in and play vid games like, uh, and I was even a big vid game player to begin with, so it's even less time. But I know that I want to get Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I want to get there's a new Ghostbuster game. There's like a sequel to the game that I beat, so I got to try and beat that. You know what I mean? Um, I also wanted to say I've seen trailers. I don't know if it's reality or not, but I've seen trailers for an upcoming RoboCop game that looks really fucking cool. That's something I'd like to dip into. And I guess they're making a uh, game for The Last Ronin, the Ninja Turtles thing. So that's definitely uh, would be cool. Now, I know there's a bit, there's an action figure for The Last Ronin. It looks really cool. I contemplated picking up. You know, the, the video, you know, the, the turtles, they've been getting me, you know, I didn't collect all of them, but I got a couple of those like Universal Monster Ninja Turtle mashup toys. Those are very cool. You know what I mean? And, uh, they released like movie, like, uh, like the movie edition Ninja Turtles and they're like 10 bucks at Wally World. Wally World's a good deal. Um, solid stuff, but we will have to add a toy category or something maybe to it. It will be six for six for six. I don't know. That could be too much to, too close to Studio 666. We could bring in trouble. Um, but yeah. So Alex, how about you, Bum? Well, I mean, like, uh, my pal, uh, Matt, I, I mean, I don't seem to have much time for playing games that much. Yeah. Um, but, uh, as, as most everyone, uh, a lot of video games, uh, have, you know, gotten to the point of, you know, being on, on, you know, uh, phones and that kind of stuff. And there's one that I have on my phone that I play with on occasion. Uh, when I'm bored, waiting, you know, on downtime at work and all that. It's called, uh, Puzzles and Survival. Uh, it's, uh, it's a common one. A lot of people seem to enjoy to play it. Where 
know, it's pretty much kind of like Resident Evil-ish okay. in the sense that, you know, uh, you go and you build up your community, you get, um, you know, uh, food, uh, steel and all that so you can make uh, bigger um, uh, places to build upon, build traps and that kind of stuff. Exactly. But the main... But the main thing is that you get uh, a, a selection of cool characters to play with, and when you go and you fight uh, the uh, the you know different variations of creatures, uh, the way you do it is you try to match up uh, these um, different uh, I would say symbols in a different order, so you can you know take out these creatures and. Also, you have different abilities depending on your characters. And, of course, each character is in a different class. Um, and, of course, it's a lot of fun because uh, it's not only, you know, you're, you're fighting zombies, but you're also at the same time using your, your brain cells a bit, trying to think of, you know, the, be uh, the best combinations of um, symbols so you can get... Uh, the power-ups for the different uh, characters you have, so you can then, you know, hopefully defeat the main bosses at the end of each little section. And, of course, every time you do, it gets harder as time goes up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And here's some of, uh, of, of, of that right there on right. my phone. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I play with it, and I have to admit... Really? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play with it a bit. You play, with it, you play with it a bit? You I play, play with it. I how many times a day do you play? How many times a day do you play with it? Uh, uh, probably not as much as I should. <laughs> no? All right. Self-love is, is, is good love. Hey, 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 this is the only self-love I need. Oh. Right, good man. That's what I appreciate. But yeah, I mean, honestly, this is the only game that I've been playing with uh, off and on, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. I definitely say, you know, it's uh, it's worth you know to kill a few a few times when you're in in you know at work or at home and you got nothing to do. It's a lot of fun. I don't get you know I'm, I'm boy Owen Owen Galuzzo. If Owen doesn't have any friend, you know, friend show with a net, uh, family on the network show. If Owen's listening, shout out Owen. I know he's always in the vid games. I got to get into that with some 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 WWE. And Mister Lamond, our pal James is always on the vid games too. You know what I mean? I, I would like to get into more, man. The games are so cool nowadays. Like dude, that text exchange on Masky game looks incredible. You know what I mean? It looks great, dude. Evil Dead's fun, too. I'm having a blast with that when I get a chance. But I don't know. I got to play some. I want to do some lives. I was going to play some live. I got to get some wrestle and play with. Play with Fungit. Alan. But cool beans. So we got one more TV, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Next is TV show. All right. Now, I haven't been able to watch too many television shows. And the lady kind of rules the remote on TV and kind of do her thing. And, uh, she's watching a lot of like Chicago fire and stuff like that, which I, 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 I don't, I don't get down like that. I, I, in medical Chicago med and stuff like that and, you know, all that good stuff. But, um, realistically, when I've had some downtime, uh, the really the only thing I've watched some, 
like to keep that swamp thing going, man. I've been getting heavy back into the cartoon swamp thing, which I love the cartoon. Um, and even the old TV show, I've been watching a lot of, you know, I got volume one and dose of that over here. You've had this for a bit. Um, yeah, the, the series here. Look at this. Four bucks. FYE going out of this sale. You can't hate. You can't hate. Uh, I wish I had the DVD of the cartoon, but that, that's that's rarities uh, and expensive, expensive, and I don't want to pay. Uh, but maybe I'll catch a booty at a, a convention or something. I used, I used to see them floating around, and it's okay to buy bootlegs at the conventions. Horror people don't get upset if you buy bootlegs at horror conventions as long as you get them at horror conventions. That's what I hear. I never said that. It's a true fact. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, and wrestling. I'm watching some old school wrestling on the Peacock channel. I believe WWE's leaving the Peacock channel soon, so I tried to peep in. And uh, yeah, I haven't really, you know, it hasn't been super duper. I've been watching YouTube's. YouTube's is taking over everything, you know, podcast and television show. I, YouTube's where I found the fucking Swamp Thing cartoon. You know what I mean? But such is life, they say. Such is life. Alex, what you been watching for television stuff? Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, um, not not a lot. Of, I mean, uh, for example, like uh, the uh, TV show I was going to talk about on on today uh, is actually uh, from uh, quite a while back, uh, The Pretender. Uh, which was, um, let's see, from 1996 to 2000. I was a huge fan of that series. Loved it. Um, you can see that. And for those who don't know, yeah, for those who don't know, it was about a guy who was uh, taken as a child uh, to this, you know, secret organization called the Center, where they used his genius ability of figuring things out and learning things to figure out. Uh, they would tell him, like, oh, how are we, uh, how can we protect people if someone decides to, you know, cause a nuclear um, reaction? And he'd, you know, come up with it. And then later on in life, he finds out they took that information and warped it so they could cause a nuclear reaction and kill a lot of people, all hmm. for their shady government dealings and yeah. the story takes place with this char- character Jared who has you know run away from the center he's chased by uh, a group of people and every episode he'd find someone that needed to be punished for something bad they've done right. all the time trying to you know keep one step ahead of the center cronies that were trying to catch him and um I love the series so much. You had great actors, great characters, and what I loved was it that he would he would you know grab these uh, these people and force them to live the terror that they inflicted on other people. Hmm. And I thought that was a great way of doing. It. I mean, he didn't go out and just kill them or just throw them to the cops and all that. He'd make them experience the fear that they caused other people to experience the pain 
of what they've caused to other people. And that is what I really loved about the show. Sounds like Dexter almost took a note from their book. Yeah, but Dexter took it to, of course, serial killer length. So, yeah, you know, yeah. he, but, but, and, and that's why I appreciate Pretender more than Dexter. Because, oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have that, you know, urge one to see, you know, terrible people punished in terrible ways. But, really? um, in Pretender, you know, he would, you know, force them to deal to, uh, be confronted by, the awfulness which they have done, but also not kill them, but force them to relive that so they they get to experience and be in the shoes of the victims, which is something I really appreciate. Yeah, I can appreciate that. It gives you karma. It lets you feel like there's karma somewhere. Yeah. And, um, again, like I said, I love this series. Um, it was canceled after three seasons, I believe. Mm. And when uh, when it was canceled, because they canceled it on a cliffhanger, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a huge sin. Okay, when it comes to uh, TV shows, and mm. they actually made two made-for-TV movies uh, to wrap up most of the lines. Uh, the last TV movie they did, they wrapped it up enough, but still had it open that if they decide to do another made-for-TV movie, they could go and, and explore another avenue. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the great thing is no one was who they seemed. People you thought were, you know, one way you find out that they're related to other people in a different way. It was really, really interesting. I really loved the show. I'd have to dip in. I remember that was on, like, right before maybe wrestling at one point. At one point, on U- it was on the USA Network, maybe? I believe so. Yeah, I think that was on before wrestling. Uh, I know Murder, She Wrote was on after before wrestling, too. But uh, The Pretender, I think, was there. Yeah. And who was that, Dylan McDermott? No, no. Uh, Michael T. White, uh, Wes. White, uh, yeah. W-E-I-S-S. Weiss or Weiss. He was the one who played Jared. He was the lead in that. Well, and you had the great Andrea Parker as the character Miss Parker. Beautiful okay. woman. Very talented. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a very good series. I really loved it. Yeah, man. I, I, I if I, ch- if I caught it on the telly, I'd probably grab, I'd probably check into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Keep it all in the family, dude. Carol O'Kizzle. Yeah. Carol O'Kizzle. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, I mean, you'll, I mean, occasionally there's a few decent shows that have come out in the last, let's say, 10, 20 years. But for the most part, uh, I love those older shows because nowadays when you have a TV show, Okay, and it goes out. Okay, yeah. if it doesn't become viral in the first first season or maybe even second season, they just cancel it. They're like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not making enough money. And I mean, if they did that back during some of these other shows, I mean, perfect example. One show that Mr. Matthew Fisher is a huge fan of, Seinfeld. 
would not have would not have happened. They do would have been canceled if if Seinfeld was done today. It would have been canceled after the first season. That I'm sure because the first season was a bit dodgy and wasn't that good. Yeah, the audience. And, was- yeah, but I mean, they took the time and they found their audience. I mean, it, also if you want to go with the classic Saved by the Bell. Okay? Hey, with our boy. Cry from me. Yes. Now, Saved by the Bell originally was Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Okay? Now, uh, from what I, I remember, uh, the guy who was in charge of that, one uh, his first uh, thing was to do a series based on, uh, uh, just focus on, on a teacher how does he, you know, help kids, you know, deal with life and all of that? And they they hired Haley Mills as Miss Bliss. They did the first uh, uh, pilot episode, yeah, focusing on her and her home life and a little bit of in school. That didn't test very well. So they then did a, uh, a full season where you had her, you know. Mainly dealing with the kids, and you had um, Zach Morris, mm-hmm. Lisa Tur- Turtle, Packers and Squeeze. Yeah, those three were the only ones that made it from the Miss Bliss TV series to Saved by the Bell. Oh, really? Yeah. So after that, they realized that it tested well with kids when it focused on the kids, but not so well when it dealt with the adults. So what they did was. After that, they retooled it, called it Saved by the Bell, and the rest of the seasons just focused on the kids with very little dealing with the teachers. And, you know, you had Mr. Belding and all that. But what they did was they took the season of Miss Bliss where it really focused on the kids. They then renamed it Saved by the Bell. And when you watch the, like, uh, the DVDs now, You'll see the first season of Miss Bliss there, but uh, titled Saved by the Bell. That's why Haley Mills is in the very first season. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting stuff. And and the fact is that, again, would not happen today because it was not a hit right out of the gate. Like Family Matters, where Urkel became bigger than the show. You could, I mean, like we've yeah. talked about on the show, there was a point in the, in the, there was a point on TGIF, thank God it's Fridays, brother, when that shit was rolling up on you. When you was in school, that shit was rolling up for you. And you know what they go, they weren't calling it Family Matters. They said, you watching Urkel? You watching Urkel tonight, dude? They could have changed the name to Urkel. That's how, that's a, Urkel was like bigger than, uh, I think we talked about this on the show before. Urkel was like, He's he, when he got the Freddy, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees status, where the names started becoming, you know, like chi- like Chucky. Like now, it's no longer child's play movies. It's the the fucking the laundry hamper of Chucky, the fucking the soaked in blood tennis shoes of Chucky. You know, now it's more about Chucky than it is about child's play, the original thing. Yeah. Uh, same thing, you could do the same thing. Like you you release a Jason movie, you can call the fucking thing Jason fucking Eleven, and they're gonna go. Well, we know what that is, or Freddy, you know, Man, Freddy's dead, all types of beautiful stuff. Freddy vs. Jason, yeah. 
You know, that's when you know that the, the slasher icon has gone to a new level and you can pretty much rename the franchise, whatever their name is. Ghostface, they could, you know, with Scream, we were talking about Scream recently when we were talking about our boy Wes Craven, rest in peace. And that's a movie that they could have, they might even have, they, you know, whatever that is the newest one called Ghostface or it could be. Um, no, I think it's still just Scream. You could realistically call it Ghostface and people would know exactly what it is. It's either the rapper from Wu-Tang or it's fucking the Scream movie. Heck yeah. You know. But that's all we got to say, I think, for this one, you know. So, uh, we ended on what, television? Yeah, I think that's the last, last one on, on the five for five, buddy boy. Five for five, I dig it. Maybe we'll bring into, um, should we do? Do you have any action figures near you? Maybe we'll do six for six. Um, not with me right now. I'd have to go and delve into the, um, uh, <laughs> the closet of memories, I guess. Princess is the best Bride. Way I feel you. I feel you. I say no Princess Bride was hanging around your room, ready to rock and roll. I mean, I, I'd have to go and get them. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, um, yeah. So I think that's a good, this is a good episode ending point now that my gas is kicking in. And now we hope everybody out there had fun. Uh, you probably have more fun if you could watch it. So get on that Patreon and Boombastic Streaming, Patreon.com, all types of podcasting stuff. You get all the shows on cut video. We got film stuff up there. Very, very nice stuff. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, we all, we thank y'all for listening. Alex, always a pleasure, my brother. Heck yeah. You know, well, uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll probably see y'all. Uh, happy Halloween. You're either, by the time you get this, you're either just had Halloween or you're approaching Halloween. I'd have to talk to Butterfugo. Butterfugo's off the rails and he's on the white rails. So you got to be careful. But, uh, hell yeah. So with that being said, thank y'all for listening. We appreciate your support always. It's always a pleasure, man. Rocking with the Hawk, man, for the BBC audience. Big black cock. You know what I mean? Doing it big. All right. Well. With that being said, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace.